Welcome back to Three Fries Short, a very special announcement. Um, We're coming to you today uh, with some news about another AI Stargate. Yes. This is Stargate Atlantis. Yes. This is super exciting. Um, I know everybody, if you've listened to us from the beginning, you know you've heard us talk about The Companion. If you haven't ever heard of that, uh, thecompanion.app is a... How would you describe it? It's like a virtual Comic-Con experience of just exploratory, choose your own adventure, go at your own pace, Mm -hmm. just immersion into fandom. So there's a lot of uh, live events, uh, interviews with people, articles, um, all sorts of content. There's a whole Discord community as well. Um, So if you like Stargate, Star Trek, X-Files, 90s sci-fi in general. Star Wars including Stargate AI version 3.0 Atlantis. Um, God, I cannot wait. Oh, man. Yeah, Christina, as the Atlantis uh, stan of the group, tell us how you feel about finally seeing some of these characters again. I, okay, so for anyone who does follow TikTok, like Rodney McKay's character arc is one of my just chef's kiss perfections across the two, like, between SG-1 and Atlantis. I'm so curious to see how the AI script incorporates him and his character into it. Like, what part of Rodney does it pick up on? Where, you know, is he still that misogynistic asshole? Has he evolved? Like, what does AI perceive Rodney McKay to be? That's number one. I'm really excited about that. And also just Taylor, like, bringing um, Rachel Luttrell into this. Just really bringing her back into the fandom that... I, I don't I'm excited to see what... You know what comes of it. I'm a little annoyed because you know we don't we don't have Ronan Dex yet. But you know <laughs> this this is our platform. This happened with RDA, like maybe. But I I don't know. Okay, th- in summary, because you know I'm a long winded person. <laughs> it's McKay's story arc. I want to know what AI thinks of Roddy McKay. If we edit all the red of, rest of that out. I want to know. No, we're not going to. We're going to keep it in. He has the best one liners. I will say, like he's oh, so. And the, he's funny. The AI really seems to pick up on that. It's pretty crazy to me how how much farther advanced the AI technology is in this iteration versus the last mm-hmm. two. Because, like, version one was hilarious because it was so ridiculous and didn't make sense most of the time. Um, and two was great because we got RDA in it, so that was pretty awesome, too. But three is, mm-hmm. like, instead of a really good computer writing, it almost feels like a bad person <laughs> writing it instead, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So... Oh. The technology like is fanfic. really, yeah, maybe a little bit. Like maybe. fanfic I wrote when I was fourteen. <laughs> yeah, that, I would say that's probably on a similar level. But it's really cool that like they still have their voices, and mm-hmm. it was just really like nostalgic to see them come back together. So I'm very excited for everybody we, to to be able to watch it. And we have Tori Higginson mm-hmm. coming back as Doctor Weir. We have Rachel Luttrell as Taylor. Uh, obviously David Hewlett as Rodney McKay and then Paul McGillian mm-hmm. as Dr. Beckett. Um, those are your four in this version. Um, it, so the event is actually October 8th. Everybody write this down. October 8th at 2 p.m. Pacific slash 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, it's free to watch this time, which is very different from the mm. first two. So all mm-hmm. you have to do to watch this time is go onto the companion website and sign up for their newsletter. And if you do that, you will get a ticket. They will send you uh, an invite when the time comes for the event. If you want to do that through us, you can find it in our link tree, or you can go to uh, the companion.app slash three FS. And that's the, the number three, three FS Atlantis. And that will get you to the sign up page as well. So um, we'll be there. I'll be there. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, it's it's I'll an exciting there. thing. It's always really fun to hang out in the comment section and absolutely um, chat oh, with yeah. everybody I'll be else. Tro- I'll be trolling through those comment sections. That's my favorite <laughs> place to sit. I'm like comments are up. I am typing. I am. I love that group. Yep, it's always a good. So time. please come uh, come hang out with us for Stargate AI version 3.0 Atlantis. See you there. Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day Dr. 
Sam has a master plan and a science attitude. And the job of Jill is part of the deal with his trusty go It's just a regular day, it's all gay command, and it might be hard to understand. Welcome back, guys. Three Fresh Short, Unearthing the Stargate. Hi. We have reached the penultimate episode of season the penul- two. Is that a word? Yes, mm-hmm. second penul- to penul- last. Penul- penul- <laughs> penultimate. Penultimate. No, I just learned a word today. Yeah. Yeah. The one second to last. The last one. Yeah. Oh, well, and what know. episode is that? It is the classic, beloved 1969. I love this episode so much I can't like even when I was watching it I was like oh this is so good this is Mm -hmm. all so good I love this and I like I have some headcanon because like we'll get into it but like I like that stuff was kind of left mysterious it wasn't all explained away Um, and I think that really lends to how just good storytelling like mm-hmm. let the audience think let them imagine what could happen um imagine you don't so, need to explain everything to us like we're kids uh mm-hmm. trust your audience to be smart i know we talked about that in the past of like trusting your audience to be smart and um make their own judgments and i have a couple about this episode mm-hmm. love it before we get into it do we have anything for the fry box um, I don't know. I don't think we have any we? emails. And if we don't have any emails, this is a good time to remind people that we love reading your emails. Yeah. So oh, yes. You should Get email it us at three fry short podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the, the word or the number. I sadly would tell you to come find me at Dragon Con if you're going to be there. However, this will come out in the future. After Dragon Con, which is appropriate given the episode we're about to talk about. So. Are you so excited? I mean, I think that's some fry box news to talk about, about what you're yeah. going to be doing at, at Dragon Con. Well, we, you're gonna see? we don't know if we're going to do it. Um, oh, okay. Well, then we don't need to talk about it. Well, the, the companion doesn't know if, if they're going to do anything. I, however, will be yeah, getting my picture person. taken with Michael Shanks. So I'm super excited. You are dead Yay. to me, but I love you dearly, but also dead to me. It's fine. Tell him hi. Should I put the witch SG1 character filter over Michael Shanks head and see <gasps> if he gets Daniel Jackson? He probably you won't can let convi- me do it, but it would can... be hilarious. I don't know, though, because uh, what's his face did it on TikTok and then tagged him. And then um, Daniel's or uh, Michael Shanks's wife saw it and commented. So oh, really? they're not unfamiliar with it. Oh, yeah. There if you go. look on David Blue's um TikTok, he did it. She commented and they said, see you in a few weeks. So, Whoa. I mean, you can always bring it up to him. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I just, just I just need, I would love to see if even he would get himself, but Christina, you never will. It's just <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so, sad. so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. Oh, my God. I bet, I bet you could get him to do it. We'll, we'll try. We'll see if that happens. If it does, mm-hmm. it'll be amazing. And uh, you'll all know about it. I guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, love it. To, love to see that. Cannot wait. No, I think Cannot it's been wait. a pretty quiet um, chunk of time because we had a, a week in there where we didn't release an episode. And that was because I was trying to wrap my head around editing of the drunken episode. <laughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> but it Sorry. is finally out. It's out. Um, it will have been out for a while by the time you hear this one. But yeah, it's there and we're not doing it again. <laughs> no, I mean, An we can experiment. do like we can do a limited alcohol edition, like maybe one drink. Yeah, just don't 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 tell Rebecca we're going for drunk history level because I will swing for the fences, as you all know. Fire <laughs> pokers it. and all. So oh, the fire pokers. Oh, God, I love it. OK, so yeah, so that's it. No major fry box, just calmness. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. We can jump in then. So, 
again, we're talking about 1969. This is episode 21. I was going to, I just about got mixed up. Season two, episode 21. (laughs) Um, It aired February 3rd, 1999, and it was written by Brad Wright. So, like, Mm. come on. Of course, it's solid. It's so good. It's this wonderful standalone episode, but it fits in. Like, it's not that, like, weirdness of, like, what fate Amaroka, like, where we never see it or (laughs) reference it again. Like, it fits into the storyline. It references Catherine and Ernest and, like, other Mm -hmm. stuff, like the Antarctic Gate. Like, it it fits nicely into the storyline while being its own thing and this, like, wonderful side quest adventure they go on. So, without further ado, let's let's get into it. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. So, the episode opens up with SG-1. They're getting ready to leave on a mission to some planet that they never get to, obviously. And Jack, Daniel, and Teal are in the gate room waiting for Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to make sure her calculations are precise because they're going to get really close to the sun within 70,000 miles, which is pretty close. So, she's like, I don't want to, like burn to a crisp. I don't know if that would happen, but like the stakes are mm-hmm. high. So in the command room, Hammond greets Sam and he asks how her hand is. And we see this like shot of this gnarly, like That's an angry even, looking cut. I don't even <laughs> want to like, call it a cut. Like it just that, looks like someone took looked, like bad. a serrated knife to her hand and was like like a Thanksgiving turkey just yeah. like carving at mm-hmm. it. Um but like it's all stitched up and taped up. And, you know, just seeing how, you know, asking her how it is, it'll obviously come into play later. Um, and he also gives her a note on, like, yellow manila paper to take with her. And he says, keep this with you until you get to the other side. So she's, she's like, what's going on? Like, is everything okay? And he... <laughs> well, that always struck me as odd because, like, for him to give... I remember the first time I ever watched this episode, that always struck me out of, like, this sort of oddly intimate moment where it was, mm-hmm. like, a different tone. And it was the perfect tone. But I always was like, why why would he not give the note to Jack? Like, who's in charge? Like, why are you giving, like, someone else the secret mission? So I thought it was really cool that it's not Jack. I don't know. That just always struck me first. So I was like, oh, okay, they're having this soft moment. And he gives it to her and, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that. It's just just interesting to think about. Because I remember being curious about it through the episode and then was really happy when I figured out, ah, this all makes sense. Again, goes back to good writing, all the intentionalness in it. So, yeah, you know, it continued. But it makes you wonder, like, he could have found another way to hide it, but then it's like, I need to make sure my past self finds it, so, like, I can't mm-hmm. be too secret. Like, it it just makes you think about how everything plays out in this mm-hmm. episode and then in life in general, how everything is a domino effect. So, he says everything's fine, and it's time to ship out. Like, you're, go on your adventure. And they step through the gate. But when they come back through the other side, it's like they step right back into the gate room. And it's kind of like this, everything melts away behind them. It all like disintegrates and this new surrounding materializes in front of them. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? And they look above them and it looks like a rocket. And never a good thing to see above you. No. Never. Yeah. And then of course, like the worst <laughs> no. timing ever, everything starts counting down and like alarms are going off and like five, four, like they're panicking. They're like banging on the doors. Jack is just pressing whatever buttons on the wall he whatever can find. Buttons. Also <laughs> not just, smart. But then well, Teal I mean, is it's just not gonna like, get worse, right? Like it can't <laughs> get worse. So just press all the buttons. <laughs> no, but I mean, Teal is just so just chill, like, hmm. Let me just yeah go stand under this he's completely unbothered and like they're all scrambling and he just like looks up and he shoots it with the zat and then like the countdown finishes but nothing happens so it's like well i guess we're good and i think it was jack who was like how did you know that was gonna work and tilk was like i didn't know (laughs) call it a guess um but before they can react and, like, try and figure out what's going on, a group of soldiers rush into the gate room and, like, point all their guns at them and yell at them all mean. Uh, <laughs> so then we get the opening credits. So 
the it cut it picks right back up where it left off. These soldiers are like, "How did you get here, and how did you know about this place to begin with?" And SG One, they're obviously confused because they're like, "We shouldn't even be here. Like, we should be on another planet right now." We're very confused um, because they're realizing they never left Cheyenne Mountain. They're still in the mountain, um, so they're under they they get taken into custody. And we see these two airmen going through SG-1's gear, and one of the these men notices a yellow paper sticking out of Sam's vest. And it says, George, it's addressed to someone named George, help them, August 10th, 9.15 a.m., August 11th, 6.03 p.m. So in the holding cell, my girl, she's on top of it right away. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't waste any time, thank God. I hate the trope of, like, them going for like 15 minutes trying to figure out like Daniel in point of view, not mm-hmm. those a point of view there, but for the grace of God, mm-hmm. where it takes them like half the episode to figure out what's happening. Right. Like she right away theorizes that they have been sent back in time 30 years, which while watching this, I was like, if this happened today, we would be sent back to 1992 guys. Although don't, that's depressing. Awkward. <laughs> very, Awkward. Very well, depressing. and you know what? She probably didn't, she say somewhere that she got to it quickly because Hammond had had her work on solar flare stuff yes. prior yeah. to this. So like, I think that helped her like obviously get there, but it all like makes sense. Cause he had been having her work on and research. Yeah. Um, and, Exactly. Right? Did I make that yeah. up? Nope. It's an, I think I copied all the dialogue okay. so that we can like go through it piece by piece. Um, yes. But you said, you know, for a second or two, they were in both time frames, which is why they saw the Stargate in the gate room and then it like melted away and then everything else rematerialized around them. So we have what? Daniel, O'Neill, mm-hmm. Teal, Carter, but there's like not that many Teal, teal clients. Yeah, Teal and O'Neill could be. Okay, so I'll do Teal O'Neill. I'd be Daniel. Carter. Okay. So after all of this, O'Neill says, well, I'll tell you what. Get us back home and we'll say it never happened. Or get us back before we left and it won't happen. Well, think about it. We're the first people in human history to go back in time. Well, for all we know, if we could figure out how to do this again, just think of what we could do. We could actually visit Babylon. We could, we could, we could see the Great Wall of China being built. Or prevent regrettable events from your history from ever occurring. No, that's exactly what we can't do. And O'Neill says, why not? Because of the grandfather paradox. Blake looks. (laughs) If you went back 50 years and murdered your own grandfather, your own father would never have been born. So you're saying that if we change our own past... We could change our world in ways that we can't possibly imagine. We might even cease to exist along with everything and everyone we know. I myself have no part in the history of your world. But when they find out about the Goa'uld threat, they might have second thoughts about opening the Stargate in the first place, in which case we never meet and you're back to being first prime of Apophis. I see. So we don't tell them about the Gould. So how do we explain the larval Goa'uld that Teal'c is carrying? Our advanced weapons? Our GDOs? Correct me if I'm wrong, Captain, but haven't we already altered history by just being here? We have to concentrate on damage control. At the very least, destroy our advanced weapons and technology. That's going to be a little tough. We also cannot tell anyone anything about who we are or where we're from. This is a top secret facility. Anonymity does not go over big here. We cannot tell them we're from the future, sir. So I really like this dialogue because it poses (laughs) that like existential question of like, if you get sent back in time, like of preserving the timeline and not changing things prevent or honestly, like not making things happen that shouldn't happen. Like you think about what if somebody ends up dying who shouldn't have died, who like found Mm -hmm. a like cure for a disease. But what if you think about it? Like someone was born who shouldn't have been born. Like Mm. just so many crazy things that come to mind. I remember there was this episode of Supernatural where basically someone goes back in time to stop the Titanic from sinking to keep all of these people alive so they can like harvest their souls or something. Regardless, it was like they use a trad like they they prevented a tragedy to make sure more people were born. 
hmm. and to do like bad evil shit with it but it's like yeah you don't want anyone to die that shouldn't die but also what if like you create people that should have never been created yeah like what if there's something worse that you just yeah. unleashed yeah yeah or the whole butterfly effect just them being there could cause a catastrophically different timeline mm-hmm so three airmen come in this was so funny i had to love it. It. these three airmen oh, yeah. come in the holding cell and they look at daniel of all people and speaking russian he asks you're soviet spies he's <laughs> just like what how do you say it niet 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 and i'm just love- like daniel He's just like, like he, what the he's fuck, like, man? He's like, he asked if we were Soviet spies. And I just, like, the fact that he just, like, walked right into that one. Legit, and I'm like, like head first into that oh wall. Oh, my God. Well, we're in my rewatch, we were talking about that. I'm like, you know what, though? I would have done that, too, and been like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. Uh, that yeah. would, like, I'd be like, no, of course we're not. See, I understand you. And I'm like, fuck. Whoop myself. Oops. So, um, you know, relatable. So... They take Jack to be interrogated. Um, he tells them his name is Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise, so, which is fantastic. But it bothers me. Do you know why it bothers me? Because Star Trek was already created. It existed from 1966 to 1969. And this episode is 1969. So yeah. many people should know that it exists at this point. Yes. But then he, he recovers in the end. He does. Um, <laughs> so... This, I think it's General Thornbird. He's a general or a major or something. Um, he wants to know about the weapon that Teal'c used to shoot the rocket with. And he kind of like gives O'Neill shit because he's like, this is a testing facility. Like, are you dumb? Like, why would, how would we launch a rocket from inside a mountain? Like, you're dumb. You thought that was real. <laughs> so it was kind of like, man, that sucked. Like, we could have gone a little bit longer without being discovered. Um, but <laughs> there was this funny O'Neill, <laughs> of course, this. like under all this pressure of being interrogated, Thornburn says, our camera saw some sort of weapon. And Jack says, well, it's hard to say. And this general's like, is it some sort of secret? And Jack's like, no, it's just like really hard to pronounce. It's a long <laughs> word. It's hard to say. Um, and it's funny. And he's all, this entire time, he's also smoking a cigarette in this interrogation room which i'm sure by 99 has been banned like public smoking has probably been banned no in 99 it was not no it was allowed like inside restaurants and like in places remember smoking section and on that was like a thing all the way until i was like but i don't oh i remember remember the smoking sections oh the smoking sections oh yeah because this it was a section but of course the entire restaurant smelled like that anyway yeah. So. God, wow. My asthma that, could never. I remember. God, that's like taking me back. I for like I'm have I forgot that that was a thing that know, now has gone away. And I remember I how New weird York, it was when like, it was gone. Yeah, I know New York stopped it like while I was in college up there, so like probably 2003 or so. Mm-hmm. But, really. Mm-hmm. But oh, South yeah. Carolina, it took a long time after that because mm-hmm. it's South Carolina. So. Yeah. I remember people like in bowling alleys, like people were allowed to smoke in there for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, like you wonder why children got <laughs> asthma. Yeah. Like, why do you Shocker. think? <laughs> Maybe it's all this nicotine. Shocker. Um, so they don't really get like Thornbird doesn't get anything out of Jack. Of course, he's like a brick wall. Can't break him. And he looks at him and says, Kirk, you can talk to me or you can talk to the CIA. And this is where Jack is like, all right, all right. My name's not Kirk. It's Skywalker, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and this one actually does make sense because Star mm-hmm. Wars didn't come around until the 70s. Um, yeah. Aren't, yeah. aren't there books, though? No, Are not before right? I mean, 77. Okay, so that one will stick. And yeah, that one's fine. No one will know. Um, so back in present day, Hammond is looking at the gate room like wistfully, like, oh, they're out there somewhere. Hope yeah. they're mm-hmm. just got that nostalgic Hope. look in his eyes, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. But could you could you imagine like he waited 30 years for this moment mm-hmm. and it's like now it's down to the wire. Like he knew it was gonna come. 
And now it's like, now he's seen the rest of it play out on the other side. And but he's what, like, I hope it works. I hope they, they figure it out. It's so interesting. And I love how they portrayed him because every other episode, if they're lost, he's like guns a blazing, get our men back, figure mm-hmm. it out. But you know, cause there's this different sort of calm confidence, like, which again, imagine being the airman being super confused of like, dude, why, why do you not care right now? <laughs> like yeah. I would be like, wait, every other time we were going after them, but this time we're not. Um, I don't know, but you can see it like in him because he is pensive. He's like, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe past me fucks up. And like, I don't, I don't do it right this time or something. He doesn't know whether they get back or not. He doesn't. No. I have thoughts on this time loop later. Yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll put a pin in it and come back to it. But we do get this really cool scene between him and like a gate technician, some poor guy Mm -hmm. that doesn't have a name. And you just, you guys want to read through that? It's short, but I like it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who? You being Hammond or my <laughs> Hammond? I'll be Hammond. Um, <laughs> Bring it out, girl. Very well. SG5 will have to complete their mission. If I may ask, sir, what are we going to do about SG1? They're out there somewhere. Hopefully, they'll find their way back. Shouldn't we start a search? I'm afraid this is one mission. They're on their own. <laughs> And it's it's kind of sad because it's like he really doesn't have any power. And any other time mm-hmm. he would be sending out the troops to bring him back. But he's like, man, this is all on past me. <laughs> I hope I hope past me gets it right. But I also find it interesting he doesn't share with anybody at that point. Because at that point he could start sharing with people at least there. Hey, I think this is the mission where this and this happened. But he doesn't share that with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could without because telling he can't on guarantee- himself. Be- and also because he can't guarantee this was actually the mission. Like he had to like, because what if it yeah. wasn't the right mission and he fucked it up? And I don't without know. knowing the outcome, if they never come back, he doesn't want to tell on himself and be like, hey, remember that thing that happened 30 years ago? Yeah, I, I let them go. Like, I don't want to, like, he doesn't want to tell <laughs> on himself. So, Oops. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. All right, so, so it comes back, right? We got some right? more dialogue. Six- okay. And back I'll be in, my Daniel. Yeah, back in 1969, O'Neill, Carter, Daniel, that's it. Okay, <laughs> so O'Neill says, listen, I don't know where we're headed, but they're probably going to try and split us up. So we're not going to have much time to escape and hopefully live out the rest of our lives without affecting history. Or? I can't think of an or at the moment, sir. No or? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. No or? There's an or. There's an or? (laughs) Sir, you can't just will something to happen because you want it to be a certain way. Captain, where there's a will, there's an or. (laughs) Way. (laughs) I I love love this, like... It's almost like this angry optimism of, like, you're gonna figure this shit out. I'm not doing this. Like, Mm -hmm. you're gonna do it. Like, like... It's kind of angry and like, no, I refuse to accept this reality and you're going to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. kind of optimistic and refreshing at the same time. So they're on this transport van. They're being like split up. I also like how Sam is just fully like in on like, we got to figure out how to live in 1969. We got to figure it out. And it's like, you're not even going to try. Like she was fully prepared. Because she's so paranoid that something she does is going to... Fuck shit up. She's like, nope, gotta be a hermit and just die here. Just wear it <laughs> in. Get- it's been a good run. It's been yeah. a good run. <laughs> and then they're probably all, except for Daniel, maybe like Sam. I don't know. Like O'Neill is definitely alive in '69. I don't know if Daniel will have to look their Didn't wiki they talk birthdays about up. He, there's in one of them. He says he was like four he or five. Four. Like, yeah. Okay, so Daniel <laughs> yeah. and Sam definitely weren't alive at that point. Um, no, I think no, Daniel, Daniel says was, oh, Daniel was oh, okay. four. Yeah. So then Sam, <laughs> they should all be alive. They're just children somewhere. Yeah. Um. So the transport van that they're on, it blows a tire, and this airman who found the note in in Sam's vest, he enters the back as the others begin <clears throat> to like change this tire, and this man tells us she won that he's the one who arranged the flat tire, and this is the moment where Sam sees his name tag and realizes that it's Hammond. Is this when um, we finally figure out his first name is George, or do we know his name was George before this? You think we know it's George? I have no idea. Because, mm-hmm. uh, um, like Sam's dad, 
cause him oh, jarred. You're oh, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So, and I think was Donis Davis a redhead? Like mm-hmm. when in his yard, I like how they got like a ginger man. Like, mm-hmm. I approve. That's correct ginger totally, representation. He totally sells the young young hammy too. Like, I, it's oh, believable. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes oh, like. Yeah. When they they make younger people like their past selves, it's like this is not believable. I'm not buying it. Like they're just two very attractive actors that you're. No, I don't buy it. They're just <laughs> no, but two he hot got people. his mannerisms down. Yeah, like yeah. he got it. His like cadence and the way he speaks, mm-hmm. he definitely got it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sam tries to tell him that they are from the future, and of course, Hammond doesn't believe them. Why would he? Um, so. They're trying to find a way to convince him. Like, oh, like, blah, like, you wrote the note. Like, how do you not, like, come on, believe us. And we have this piece of dialogue where they kind of get, they buy their way in. They find an end with him. So it's Daniel, Lieutenant Hammond, and O'Neill. All right. I'll be yep. Lieutenant Hammond. <laughs> mm. the, the moon landing. That was just a couple weeks ago, right? The entire world knows that. But not too many people know you watched it from your father's bedside in a hospital room just two days after his first heart attack. How did you know? Because we know you. We will know you. For some reason, 30 years ago, you decided we were going to need help. Otherwise, you wouldn't be standing here there with a note. Now, you're going to listen to yourself or not? So I love that. He's like, are you listening to yourself or not? Just like, fuck off, dude. Like, come on now. Also, did you realize that O'Neill put a spoiler in there after your dad's first heart attack? Oh, Oh, like what? Spoiler alert. Oops. Yikes. No, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I was like, I hope that's not how his dad died. That's one of the things I don't, I'm like, damn, what if, like, his dad died of a heart attack and O'Neill kind of, like, not Gave that you want to be surprised about that stuff, but, like, right. what a mm. bummer. Interesting. So, Hammond decides to help, and he begins to uncuff SG-1, and there's this moment where, like, he's uncuffing <laughs> Sam, and he sees that cut on her hand, which is, like, how he realized, like, this is the right time mm-hmm. in, back in 99. And he's, like, turning up that southern charm. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, miss. Sorry, miss. (laughs) And she's like, it's Captain. Like, (laughs) let's keep it straight. But when you think about it, in 1969, she probably had no place in the military. And, Mm -hmm. like, women couldn't even have their own bank account. So, Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, I guess that would have been a little bit trippy or a little bit odd to see. Yeah. I'm surprised, and I really like that they didn't do, like, a woman's with you oh, in yeah. military gear. Like, what's oh, that bleh. about? Thank God. Yeah, that would have been a barf for me. Big barf. Big um, barf. That's a barf for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tagline that. <laughs> that's a barf for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she asked Hammond for the note. Like, she wants to see what this note says. Um Kudos to her for not reading it also when, like, Hammond first gave it to her. Because I'd be like, I love spoiler. Like, spoiler alert. I love spoilers. Let me read this. Like, I'm nosy. But mm-hmm. she was following order, so. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, they begin a diversion. So Hammond calls out for help. These other two airmen who are fixing the truck, they come back. Um, Jack shoots them with the Zack gun. Um, and... Then it's like, okay, our stuff is coming in this transport truck following us. So him and play dead and like, we'll jump out and they jump out and they, you know, when the guys come out to check on everyone, they ambush them. They shoot them with a zat and all of their stuff is in these trunks, including like the video footage. They were very, it was very detailed. Like, I can't think of any plot hole that was like, well, they forgot this. So Jack grabs the GDO. That's the one thing that he grabs. And then he disintegrates the trunk with the Zat gun. He shoots it three times. It's disintegrated. It's out of this Mm -hmm. timeline. Um, And then Jack asks Hammond, hey, like, you got any money? I need money. And poor, (laughs) he doesn't even have time to count it. Jack just rips it out of his hand. He's like, that'll do. 
I'll pay you back with interest. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, you're going to hate me for this, but it's going to prevent you from getting court-martialed. And he shoots Hammond with the Zack gun. And that's where Hammond's, like, story ends in this timeline. Mm-hmm. So, again, he's going to wake up from this and be like, damn, I got to wait 30 years for this, like, in the future mm-hmm. to make the, like, I'm... It's like waiting a lifetime for something. So can you imagine them when he finally, when he like, finally gets meets to, them? Meets them and is like, oh my God. These are the people. Oh my God. And like, it makes you <laughs> but think I can't of, say anything about it. But it makes you think about like now like his support of Teal'c and yes. the whole like bringing that on because he knew. So like of course he's going to go to bat however possible because he has this other knowledge of like. So it definitely impacted it. Anyway. It ma- yeah, it makes you wonder, like, how many of his choices were influenced by this and the fact mm-hmm. that I know I'm going to help these four people. And it's like, well, where does Teal come in? Like, there's three people mm-hmm. here now, Sam, Jack, Daniel. And then Teal comes along and he's like, there he is. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Like, everything's making sense right now. Everything's lining up. But it made me think of this quote from Back to the Future because I love Back to the Future. And it was when Dr. Brown said to Marty... It's going to be really hard waiting 30 years before I can talk to you about everything that's happened in the past few days. <laughs> and it's truly like, yes, that Hammond has to wait and not tell anyone. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I could be able to contain myself. When I met Jack or when I met Sam, I'd be like, girl, it's you, finally, like yep. 30 years. Uh, but if, like he can't, like he knows he can't. God, it's so hard. So... They're, they they hit the bricks. They're like, okay, we got to get out of here before anyone else shows up. And they start looking for the interstate. So we have some dialogue. Daniel, yep. O'Neill, and some Teal'c. Yep. All right, so what's the plan? Find the Stargate. Find the Stargate? Uh, that's, that's the plan? Elegant in its simplicity, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> and if we don't find the Stargate? There's one in Antarctica. There's one in Antarctica. That's that's a fabulous plan. Assuming we locate the Stargate, how then do we get back to the future? Well, now that's all in the note. <laughs> and then Sam has like the worst, the worst job of pulling out this note. And again, all we see on it, August 10th, 9.15 a.m. and August 11th, 6.03 p.m. That's helpful. So what, it's August 4th right now, right? Mm-hmm. So they have six days. until this August 10th date. So O'Neill says, August 10th, that's cryptic. (laughs) Well, wait a second. It just means that on August 10th at 9.15 a.m., something is going to happen. And happen again the next day at 6.03. We just have to figure out what that something is. So they find the interstate, and Jack, (laughs) he tells Sam, go stick your thumb out. Like, go hitchhike. (laughs) Like, come on, woman, go do it. (laughs) They'll, They'll pick up a woman. Yeah. And they're like all hiding in a ditch somewhere. And we have (laughs) some more dialogue with Daniel and O'Neill, some Carter. And I don't see any Teal'c, but okay. So Daniel, O'Neill, Carter. Yeah. We should go to New York. Why? Well, that's where Catherine is, or that's where Catherine used to live or lives. She's probably the only person outside of the military who has the slightest idea where the Stargate might be. And I really don't think she's going to tell us over the phone. Daniel, you can't. In order to preserve our past, Catherine has to meet you for the first time years from now. So we go in disguise, pretend to be foreigners. How are we going to do that? Well, I speak 23 different languages. Pick one. Catherine said herself she began research in the late 60s. I mean, who knows? Maybe we're the ones who gave her the idea in the first place. So again, another wild concept of like, well, how do we know the timeline that played out isn't because of us being here right now? Like, what if we Mm -hmm. have to do things this way in order to ensure that the future plays out the way it does? I have so many thoughts on this, but I'm like, part of me is like, how many time loops did this go until they figured out the right path for it to work? Yeah. (laughs) Just the thought for later. So Teal'c is losing his patience and he's like, this is not working. This method is ineffective. (laughs) And he walks out in the middle of the road and just like directly in the path. Of course, this like bright ass hippie bus. (laughs) And he just like, like a barricade puts his arms out. And this hippie man and woman come out and they're saying they're headed to a concert in New York, which is obviously Woodstock. Obviously. Um, And we, this man, he's named Michael. 
and you know they they offer like hey man i was gonna stop don't worry like yeah well we're going to new york too like hitch a ride with us so they're really cool and Teal'c sits up front with him. It's really sweet. And well, but like, you know, it's like such a big moment because he's like, yeah, man, it's cool. You can you can sit up front with me because they weren't allowed to sit up front in the bus. Oh, my God. I didn't think of that. Yes. And so Teal'c was like, okay. And so he just sits like right in front. And he's like, why can I sit up front with you? But it's because they were not allowed to sit up front on buses. Oh, that's so sweet. I didn't even think like of that mm-hmm. at all. And... The fact that, like, what, like, he is a black dude in the 60s, like, the fact Mm -hmm. that these people were so accepting of them to begin with, Mm -hmm. but that, it never even crossed my mind, and Mm. that, I just had a moment. Um, But, and then I just had a thought, this is probably the most exposure Tilk has had to outside of the SGC Mm -hmm. since he's been there. Like, (laughs) this is basically a week. That they're out yeah. on the road. And it's 1969. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know. Lovely. Great for him. That's great um, for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. Like, yeah, he's like, hey, you can sit up front with me. And, you know, Sam, Daniel, and Jack sit in the back with a woman. Her name is Jenny. And she's like, hey, are you on the run? Like, or, or like, who are you running from? Um. So then we have this dialogue between them. So there's Michael, Teal'c. Just Michael and Teal'c. Yeah, it's just Michael uh, and Teal'c. You guys can read that. Um, which one do you want to be, Rebecca? I'll, I'll be Teal'c. Okay. okay. I'll be Michael. <laughs> so uh, your thing, that, that thing, uh, what's it symbolize? Peace? Slavery to false gods. Right on. So uh, it's made out of... Do not discuss it further. A dig. It's cool. So you just go AWOL? Hey, we're cool. After the concert, me and Jenny were even thinking of crossing the border up to Canada. For what reason? You know, man. The war. The war with Canada. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was so funny. (laughs) I loved it, because he's just like, uh, what? No. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But but Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, these people are so sweet, and, and I love their part in this episode. Uh, and then we get like this really cool hippie road trip montage. The only problem oh. I have with this montage is the music. <laughs> yeah, of course you like, do. They, they could have gone with any like actual 1960s sounding music, but it, it's like I don't know. It sounds cheap even for the 90s. Yeah, to me. Like, who knows if they would have been able to get like the rights to an actual song from yeah, 69. They, they could have but. at least, like, done a fake one that sounded a little closer or something. <laughs> you know, like, they yeah. did their best, okay? They did their best. I don't like it. <laughs> they did their best. Uh, <gasps> did you want to say something else about yeah. no. Michael? And, no. I want to no. say something about Michael. You yes. say something. Oh, I, yes. You I want to talk about how the guy that plays Michael, Alex Zahara, had played, like, ten other characters on Stargate SG-1. So we first saw him as Zales. So we've already seen mm-hmm. him as Zales, and now we're seeing him as Michael, but he's also in, um, what's it, um, Foothold. He mm-hmm. plays oh. two different aliens in Foothold. He plays quite a few, like, Unos characters. Whoa. I love that he plays an Unos. Uh-huh. Those are, I, I, I think, think he plays go- about three of them. I feel like the Unos have become one of my like secret favorites. Nice. I love the Unos. He plays Edgar in the um, one where... Um, What's-Her-Face is doing all the uh, genetic manip- manipulation on the planet. Nerd-y. Oh, is he like one of the yeah. lumpy, gross two? He's one of the two brothers, yeah. And then one of the lumpy plays, men. He plays Warwick Finn, who is the alien that mm. Sam does the space race with. So That's amazing. He's in, so, like, like, a lot. <laughs> he's getting the best, like, FX makeup possible. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, I mean, it seems like he has a lot of fun because I would enjoy playing all the sorts of weird alien characters even like the hippie guy he's playing right now like that's the costume and like you can't tell me that's his hair i mean if it is like that's pretty cool so good so yeah that's better wigs we've seen i think Mm -hmm. he's a i think he was i'm gonna i'm gonna use past tense since this is coming out later i think he was a gate con so interesting let me know if you went to gate con and he was there let me know so We get this silly montage um, 
along the way, you know, they get some nice 1960s outfits, which are iconic. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And they also, like, the bus breaks down and they help fix it. Like, O'Neill's, like, on top of, like, climbing inside the engine and stuff. Teal learns how to drive. I don't know if that was the first time, but, like, they they take turns (laughs) driving. Like, it's so cool how, again, this is, like, a week that they're spending with these people. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of sad because, like, they probably develop, like, a friendship and, like, you know, Sam hugs them goodbye. And then it's, like, that was it. Like. Yeah, but I think they understand. It's just, we'll get we'll like, get to it. Yeah. We get to it. We get to it. So they're camping in the woods. They're <laughs> they're making their way back to the East Coast, and there was a moment that I caught of what's in O'Neill's cup. Did you guys see it? <laughs> yes. No, I didn't. I didn't. It was when they were anything. camping. You should watch it again because he did the whole like thing where he's looking mm-hmm. inside of it. Um, but when they're looking into the campfire, Sam has a realization. So we have lots of Sam. Yeah, Carter, Carter, Carter. O'Neill. Yeah, we just assume our people. Yeah. Yes, let me, oh. Okay. Ready? Yes. What if a massive solar flare just happened to occur at the exact moment that we were traveling between Earth and another Stargate? And You see, Michael and Jenny are kind of like eavesdropping. If the wormhole itself was redirected closer to the sun because of the Earth's magnetic field, she's drawn a circle in the dirt, the increased gravity could slingshot us back to Earth. Why haven't we tried this before? Because flares are impossible to predict. Light takes several minutes to travel between the Earth and the Sun, so by the time a flare of sufficient magnitude has been confirmed, it's already too late. Okay, if they're impossible to predict, how do we get ourselves home? August 10th, 9.15am. It's in the note. And the time and date of the next flare? Yeah. General Hammond must have used my own research to figure out what we needed. Or maybe that's the reason he asked you to do the research in the first place. And then we can see that, um, Michael, they're still listening, watching. Mm -hmm. And then he looked up two flares in August of 1969 that could send us home. So Michael and Jenny overhear this whole conversation and they ask them, like, hey, what's up? Like, we heard what you're talking about. And Sam tries to pass off. She's like, no, I was imagining. They're like, no, cut the (laughs) crap. Like, you know, that's not what it sounded like. We're not buying it. Yeah, they know that they were caught. Um. So O'Neill says, no, it's true, Michael. We came from Earth to hide among your people a long, long time ago. From a galaxy far, far away. But now it's time to go home and we need your help. Jenny says, how? We need to be in a place called New York by tomorrow. Michael says, I don't know, man. And then Jack uses the Zack gun to prove their story. Like he shoots it with the campfire and like it flames up and, and that's enough for them to believe sg1 so they agree and like kudos to these people they're like the nicest kindest people Mm -hmm. that are just like all right like i just want to help you i want to help people like truly that hippie mindset of like love one another that whole like free love all that thing from the 60s Mm -hmm. um so they end up splitting up jack and teal go to the observatory to confirm the theory about the flare so they're watching from this giant telescope how they got mm-hmm. access i don't know if they got so access bonnie, somehow bonnie was sitting watching with me today and she was like of course they can just easily walk into this like big yeah. observatory but it's true like what do you think about it like it's the 60s like did they lock stuff up like that there had to have been Maybe somebody not. there it was the middle of the day like it's not like they were going at night and sneaking in all hmm. spy like it's just kind of bizarre yeah a little bit i'm gonna suspend my disbelief on that though but bonnie called it out so (laughs) oh bonnie (laughs) so while jack and teal do that sam and daniel track down Catherine to find the location of the other gate which is like i like that you would think sam would be the one to like look through the telescope and shit and like confirm the theory and like jack or teal could go with daniel like I like they didn't do that. They're using O'Neill's astronomy skills that mm-hmm. he has. So subvert my expectations. Um, so they track down Catherine. They find out the location of the gate and it's in DC. 
Daniel puts on this like German accent. It's really funny to watch. But they reference a lot of what happened like in the movie of like them uncovering it. And mm-hmm. they mentioned the accident that happened to Ernest and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, it must be hard to be Daniel to be like not able to tell her, like, we find Ernest. Like, mm-hmm. he has to keep that to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack thanks Michael and Jenny, and he tells them they have to go the rest of the way by themselves. And we have some dialogue. So we have Michael, O'Neill, Jenny, and Carter. Um, I can take on Michael still. I'll be Jenny and Carter. Okay. All right. So uh, we want you to take us with you. We can't do that. But you owe us. Yes, we do. We owe you a lot. But you belong here. And you have to trust me on this. This is a great time. Michael got drafted. We're just going to the concert first. You know, one last blast. But if we went with you, I just, I don't want to kill, I don't want to kill anybody. Michael. Sir, you can't say anything. He has to make up his own mind. This was so heartbreaking to watch Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. It's so sad because Jack has that nostalgia. It's like, this is a great time to be alive. And it's like, actually, no. <laughs> like, Mm-mm. it's kind of shit. Mm-hmm. TBH. Like, so that's where it's left off. And I have thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to mm-hmm. like get into it now, but be right back Later. to this part. <laughs> um, so they part ways. They're at this military base and, you know, they, Sam hugs them goodbye and they leave. And they find the Stargate it was pretty, you know, it's this big, giant, thin square box, like, up, Wonder where the you know, standing like, upright. Perfectly <laughs> placed, like, not discreet. Yeah. So we have some dialogue again, Daniel mm-hmm. Carter and, like, one O'Neill line. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, wait a minute. How do you know we'll go forward in time instead of back? Well, General Hammond must have chosen flares on the opposite side of the sun this time. Uh So the sun's rotational differential will send us forward instead of back. Look, we just have to trust General Hammond. I mean, the point is we are 15 minutes away from the only chance we're going to get at this. And we still haven't found a power source. to. How much power? So they use the Humvees to power the gate, but they're discovered by more airmen and they they come under fire. So... They're just like, we got to go like now. We can't wait any longer. Even though Sam's like, you got to wait till the exact right time. So they go through the gate and they're back in the gate room, but it's dark and things are covered with drapes. Like it looks like the right place, but the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And they're approached by this older woman. And it turns out to be Cassandra. Mm. Mm. So we have some dialogue. Cassandra, Daniel, Carter. So I'll, I'll do Cassandra. Mm-hmm. She says, I've been expecting you my whole life, in fact. You entered the Stargate a few seconds too soon, so the flare threw you far into the future. I've come to send you back where you belong. How did you know we'd come here? When I was old enough to understand, Sam explained what happened, and that I'd be the one to send you home. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love to spend more time with you, the timing must be precise. You have to go. Already? But there's so much that you... You of all people know that I can't. So Cassandra uses a device on her hand to activate the Stargate. She says, I will tell you this. Your journey is just beginning. And they go through the gate and they are back in present day as she went come to the gate and they're greeted by Hammond and they're in their like 60s outfits. So um, good. It's so cool. And Jack is like, yes! Like, we yeah. did it. We did it. So there's this great dialogue. This is like the ending scene mm-hmm. of the whole and this is a really good ending. Mm-hmm. I approve. Okay, so then are you going to stick to your Carter or are you going to take O'Neal? over Hammond? Um, I think, Christina, you're going to have to be Hammy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Make you be handy this time. Yeah, I gotta be handy. Oh, no. 
right, all right, I'll try to bring it out. So O'Neill says, "We're home, thanks to one sparky young lieutenant." How did you know, sir? When I was a young lieutenant, I was ordered to escort four people out of Cheyenne Mountain. In the vest pocket of one, I found a note with my name on it. Needless to say, I followed its instructions. But you couldn't have known when to give it to me. No, not until I saw the cut on your hand. Remember when I took your cuffs off? Then you've been waiting for this to happen. Ever since we met. I almost didn't let you go. But if you didn't, you would have changed your own history. It's going to be a long debriefing, people. We'll start in one hour. Yes, sir. Oh, by the way, Colonel, with interest, you owe me $539.50. Yes, sir. (laughs) And the episode ends, which it's like, okay, what interest rate was that loan? Because that doesn't sound like a lot. So So 30 years interest. So what did we determine? It was, what, $78 that he owed them, loaned them? Something like that. Yeah. That didn't look like enough bills for... For that. So someone here is in finance and accounting. How could he tell, though? It was like a wad of money. Well, no, because you calculate it back because he says with interest. If you go off of interest rates back in 69, you just uh-huh. base it on a base you interest. the interest oh, rate. okay. Uh-huh. And we're... Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. But back mm-hmm. then, like, that was probably a lot of money. Like, it was a lot of what money. What do you do walk around with that much money, Lieutenant Hammond? Jeez. <laughs> It looked more like he had like three dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it does. So, also in research, though, figured out that that would be equivalent of six hundred dollars in today's money. So that would get them enough for clothing, travel, like gas money. That yeah. type help help out Mike and Jenny. Mm-hmm. I also found. I texted it to you guys, but I found mm-hmm. like those rose colored glasses yep. that Sam. Y- I need. bought them. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I bought them. Yeah. So I'm probably going to be super disappointed that they don't look as cool on me, but I'll make it work. <laughs> like, I don't oh, look like a man in tapping. This is shit, man. False but advertising. I thought they would make me look like Queen of I My Heart. I was told I would look like Amanda Tapping <laughs> if I bought these sunglasses. Oh, I got it. I see a TikTok incoming right now. <laughs> yes. I love it. I also <gasps> love Daniel's glasses too, because they mm-hmm. were like these little tiny, like Sam's were like small round ones, but yeah. they they made sense. Daniel's were like these little tiny. They almost so look like those little bingo chips that you use instead of like the oh, stampers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like yellow bingo chips as glasses. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> Are you looking up the picture? <laughs> no. <laughs> so good. Oh my god. Okay, so here's a so what are some some stuff from this episode? Um so, so here's I, Yeah, go through it. Go Here's go my really fucking sad head cannon. Uh-oh. They get back to to the future. They're in 99. Mm-hmm. And Jack or whoever decides to look up what happened to Michael and he oh. died in Vietnam. Oh, oh no. Like, could you imagine? Because you gotta, like, I would totally, I'd be like, let me see what happened to them. I spent a week with these people. Like, I want to know, where are they now? Are they still alive? Yeah, because at that point, O'Neill at that age could go find him. Yeah. And, like, it wouldn't ruin anything at that point. But they don't go find them. That we know of. And they, they do kind of have to keep it a secret still. I mean, like yes. they didn't tell them exactly what they were, just that they were like aliens. They kind mm-hmm. of like that's that's right. That's true. They were aliens. That's true. So, like, this is what kind of fucked with me is that they at some point had to have gotten it wrong in order to figure out that they needed the note. Like, so how many times did like Hammond? Like the first time, he probably didn't help them. Obviously, the first loop through because he's like, oh fuck. I recognize these people because later in life he joined, he had a team and he started to like get these people to join. He's like, wait, I recognize these people. Oh, wait. And then he had to wait for them to go on a mission and to lose them and be like, shit. Like, I feel like it had to have been like one failure as older Hammond to like, no, I don't know how, I mean, how no, that works. Work, though. No, so I don't know how that would time work. Travel thing about, well, you can't like trying to figure out the chicken or the egg is impossible with time travel. Like right, they they both they both exist. That's the At paradox the same time. of it. That's the paradox mm-hmm. of time travel. So, mm. um, you could argue that you know there's some string theory stuff going on, and you've got 
you know, parallel mm-hmm. universe offshoots and everything, but still there's no awareness on Hammond's part, you know, at that, at the first time or anything, but like, so it's basically like young Hammond saw a note from his future self and reacted to it. So he, and he knew he, he would have to, to write himself it before he wrote the note to himself. Yeah. And that's yeah. the paradox of time travel. So yeah. Interesting. It's messed up. It's, it's like, as Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager says, time, she, she always complains about trying to figure out time travel and how it mm-hmm. make, gives her a headache. So. <laughs> okay, fair. We can just. Yeah. Leave it. Leave it. What was it? What were some of the things? There was something else that Sarah, you were like, oh, we'll put a pen in it. Was it that? I can't remember. Was it your. Um, I mean, the fact your that you had Because yeah. that was. When they left. That's yeah. devastating. Yeah, yeah um could you imagine like you have to think they would try like they have like the some of the highest clearance in the military like Mm -hmm. you know like one night someone i like i'd like to imagine it was jack to be like let me see like what happened to him Uh, did he go to vietnam did he go to canada like and you kind of want like you kind of want to root for him to like go to canada I don't want to mm-hmm. die in some shit war that like no I don't want I, like and he was so kind he's like I don't want to kill anyone to to a man to O'Neill who has killed people mm-hmm. and I think Jack can be like really sympathetic to that because as someone who has had to kill people like he probably doesn't want that on his conscience and the, those no. memories in his head um, and you hear about people like running from the draft or like you know, going AWOL is like cowards or traitors. And it's like, it's not that simple. No, like, it's not. Who wants to go off and fight in a war for a no. government that's just like, not me, literally shipping people off to war to be killed for their own agenda? It's sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Um, I don't know. Maybe another like thought process. Maybe he did go to Canada and maybe he became some really crazy but wacko ancient alien theorist and <laughs> went on to talk about his experience with aliens and <laughs> or you know, a science just, fiction writer. Ooh, that would be cool. He would be a really famous science fiction writer. That would be good. See, I like that idea. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened to him. Let's 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 think the best. That's yes. what happened. Let's think the him best. and Jenny went to Canada to live their best lives and have babies and Yes. We'll think that. Yeah, um, this is all, all around a great episode. I like what you're saying in the beginning about it. It's it ties in, but it doesn't, but still stand alone. And yeah. I really like it's a great Hammond kind of origin story for us because it really loops him in and gives him this integral part. It really makes you rethink all the decisions that he has made along the way. For real, um, yeah. And then you also have to think, which I thought about when we were talking about it, Cassandra. Mm-hmm. she knows what happens to janet she knows like a lot of like she knows what happens and she can't tell them no nope. that must be so hard for her to see these people who she's probably seen grow old to see them like so young and so optimistic and like right at the beginning of their mm-hmm. journey and oh. <laughs> it's kind of sad too because she knows what happens ultimately Um, it's sad but it's also hilarious because she throws in the when she sees daniel she's like i almost didn't recognize you with hair oh (laughs) and daniel's got you know like always got the like big quap like huge hair right like he's got plenty of insinuating he went bald yep yep love it oh man oh my goodness so next time we're talking about the very last episode of season two are we gonna double up are we going to do season two finale, season three opener? We can. We probably should because it really I think it makes it just kind of continues right on through that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it yeah, makes I'd sense. I'd like to do that. I think we owe it to people because they did their time waiting in the 90s for the whole <laughs> like waiting a break whole between break. seasons. We can't do that. Even if nope. it's a week, we can't do that to nope. you guys. Mm-mm. No waiting required. It. No waiting. I love it. Any other Are thoughts? Just, no. I just think it's all around good episode. I did find one quote that I thought. Yeah. Because I was thinking about the friendship that they had with Mike and Jenny. 
Hmm. And it says, some relationships are meant to be finite. Not all relationships are meant to last forever. Mental expectations try to put permanence on something that was meant to be temporary. I think Hmm. about that. Like that, that week they had that fun road trip they had. I hope they look back on it fondly. And like, even though it's Mm -hmm. probably scary at the time where it's like, if we don't figure this out, I'm going to have to live in 69 and like lay low. But once they get through it, I hope they look back on it and be like, that was a wild, wild time Mm -hmm. with some cool friends. We learned how to drive. We got to dress like hippies. Yeah. It was good bonding. Yeah. Road trips, you know, road trips are always... Always a Especially in a hippie, hippie bus. Hell oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Love it. Live for it. All right. Whose turn is it? Not me. It is me. my turn. It is definitely yes. my turn. So. Yes. I'm going to. I'm going to do it as Carter with some techno babble. So. What if a massive solar flare just happened to occur at the exact moment that we were traveling between Earth and another stargate? If the wormhole itself was redirected closer to the sun because of the Earth's magnetic field, the increased gravity could slingshot us back to Earth where we could close the iris. I love it. Perfection. Perfection. 